Welcome to The Truth in Us Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the privilege of chatting, chatting with the um, CEO, owner, CEO, just you're, you're, you're a mysterious individual. Uh, please welcome <laughs> Josh Do. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? We're, we're here. I'm drinking coffee. I'm not going to show you the coffee because, you know, I got to be on brand. You know what I mean? But I am drinking coffee. So at least that's a win right there for me. That is a win. That is a win. That's that's good. That's a good first step. <laughs> so as we start off, like I gave the very sparse intro, but I want to allow you and invite you to tell the folks really who you are in, 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 in what you're about. So if you could introduce yourself and in that whole intro, um, tell us what gets you going in the morning. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. I am Josh Dew, the founder and CEO of Vagrant Coffee. We, uh, we are a specialty coffee company based here in Baltimore. We do a lot of outside of the cafe events. We also have a few brick and mortar stores as well. Um, yeah, one of the things that really gets me going, uh, the kind of the whole point of what we do at Vagrant is I like to do things that bring people together. So uh, me and my background, um, I was in the military for about eight years. I worked private security for a couple of years. Then I was a pastor for six and a half years. And what I realized was I really like to do things that bring people together now. In this stage of my life, I want to do things that, you know, build community. And coffee is a really excellent vehicle in order to do that. So um, kind of, you know, my motivation every day is, okay, what can I do to bring people together today? Um, so a lot of people use us as a, uh, as a vehicle for that. I mean, for me, I've heard it all, you know, a lot and other people heard it too, that idea of, you know, Hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to drink coffee, but what it does mean is that you want to have some sort of connection and you want to, you want to have a conversation with somebody. So it's that idea that gets me going in the morning um, that makes me ready for my day. That's that's great. And thank you. And you're, you're absolutely right. Um, there have been many times that I've gone to and where I actually saw you in person when I realized you were a real person, not like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. It's like no one comes <laughs> here. No, whatever. Um, it, it was actually in the Milk and Honey location and uh, over there in Landville. And uh, that is where I do my meetings. You know, when I'm like, hey, let's get a cup and let's chop it up because it's right there in the, you know, in the arts district. It's an inviting location and the menu works, the coffee works, everything just kind of fits what I'm looking for in a shop. And it's great. Nice. Nice. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, also, you, you mentioned a few a few bullet points there that I, I have to I have to talk about. But I noticed another one in there and going over your bio, and your background. So, you know, wow. In the church and in, in armed service security, but I also saw that you were a competitive barista. So tell me more about those different experiences <laughs> and ultimately how they have blended together to to get you to where you're at now. Yeah. So um, I guess that that story kind of starts, um, you know, start, starting in the beginning. I've, I've had a lot of jobs. I've had a lot of jobs. Um, you know, I, I it's, it's funny, really. I've, I've done everything from pizza delivery to working at an office depot to you name it, I've done it. Construction work. Um, I was a lumberjack for a while, but um, yeah, it's been exist. all over. <laughs> but um, it was really, like I said, after I was in the Marines, 
Um, and after my private security job, I realized, I, you know, I've done a whole lot of things that kind of separate people and I pulled a lot of triggers and I needed a big change in my life. So that's right. when I started working at the church and never in a million years thought that I would work in a church. Um, but that's where I found myself and it, it was pretty good. So I got a couple master's degrees in uh, church work. And what I realized was I love people and I like to do fun things as well. And I'm not saying that the church isn't fun, but I, I always had this idea since high school of owning my own cafe. So I got a job working in coffee after all that, you know, upset my mom because I was quitting my adult full-time job making good money and got a job in a coffee shop where I learned about um, higher levels of baristas. And I had this kind of crazy idea where I was like, you know, for me, I got I got four kids and I want to, you know, eventually open up my own cafe. But how do you do that financially? So I started asking around and people said like, oh, well, there's these barista competitions. And if you start competing and winning in those competitions, greater opportunities come to you. Hmm. And so I just looked it up and I saw like, oh, there's lots of different kinds of competitions. There's the tasting ones, there's the brewing ones, roasting ones, and this uh, barista competition that, you know, you're making a whole bunch of drinks and talking to judges about, you know, what's special about your coffee. And I was like, man, that seems exciting. Yeah. Um, so after watching a few episodes of Chef's Table, I was like, you know what? They need this sort of thing for coffee like somebody who's willing to take it to the next level and see, just see what's out there, see what, see what can happen. So I started competing and, um, it was a wild ride. I competed for a while. I won a bunch of competitions and I thought, man, this is, this is pretty fun. Um, my, my favorite thing was the signature beverage competitions, uh, where you get to make, you know, creative things with coffee. And so those were my passion. That's what I chased after. I used a whole lot of the molecular gastronomy pieces of, you know, the fine dining industry. And I brought that over to coffee. And, um, what I found was it actually broke a lot of rules because there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of rules about competitive barista work, but, uh, it was a lot of fun for me. And that's what really sealed the deal for coffee for me, where I was like, I want to do this, but I want to do it more than just in the cafe. I need to do this outside of the cafe too. I can't help but think of like informed barista commentary. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe Josh is doing that. You're using that temperature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like going to ESPN, the Ocho, like, like in a dodgeball. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. That's, that's great. And, um, and I, and I like the, the, the way that you described the, um, just needing that change. And I think in, being at a spot where bringing community together is important. And, you know, Baltimore is not huge. And sometimes right. it feels super decentralized. So anything that brings people together, I think part of that conversation is vision and being able to see like, no, this can this is a meeting space. Like, yeah, sure, people come there and get their coffee and they get, you know, whatever the experience that is associated with that. And sometimes that's what people start their day with. Sometimes yeah. people need it as a pick-me-up. But I think you kind of cornered this idea that not too many people talk about is this is a meeting place. This is a working place for some folks. So being able to have a place that is that that has that and possesses that being able to tap into that 
that that makes sense. That works. And it is a, a bastion of a community. And I think, you know, where I live at in the city, one of the the things that I look at as a hallmark of a healthy community do you have not a chain, but do you have a local coffee shop in your community? That that to me determines whether you're doing well or whether you're emerging. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. I get that question a lot when people look at you know coffee shops in general. They want something that feels you know they want something that's nice for sure, but they also want something that feels like you belong there. Like mm-hmm. you can go there, you can sit, you can have those meetings, you can you know study or write your screenplay or whatever it is. Um, even if it's, you know, just meeting somebody cause you want to have a conversation about something. Sometimes you need that kind of neutral space where you can have those conversations. Yeah. We, we all know that no screenplays are actually getting written unless they're being written in a coffee shop. <laughs> firstly. So, I mean, this is, you're helping the film industry if anything. And I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm very thankful. Uh, quite a few film writers have, you know, graced our presence, um, and it's it's always fun seeing, you know, celebrities and that, you know, all sorts of people just stop in and grab their cup and say hi to people and uh, come up with some ideas. And if I'm lucky, hopefully we'll get a feature in with some of those screenplays. That'd be that'd be the dream. Yeah, that, that would be I mean, every now and again, you might see your noble, you know, low tier neighborhood podcaster sitting there enjoying a latte of sorts and maybe a banana bread. Who knows? Uh, you know, <laughs> You know, it's just yeah. like, can we tempt you? And I said, it's right there in the, in the machine. <laughs> um, so I'm always interested in both entrepreneurs and artists and how they come up with their ideas, like pieces of ideas, whether it's a fully formed idea or mostly formed idea. When do you come up with your ideas? Like, when is the best time for you, like in the, the course of a day? How do you come up with them? Are you washing the dishes or are you taking a drive and you're like i need to take a note you know i need to come up that's something i should you know implement tell me about that when it comes up with coming up with business ideas yeah actually a lot of my best ideas happen in the shower um in the morning um i really need to figure out some sort of way to write them down while i'm in the shower but uh i've gone through a few phones <laughs> in the shower because they don't they don't always hold up well in water but Um, really, especially in the morning, uh, when I wake up and I'm taking a shower, that's when a lot of the creativity comes in, but it is kind of paired with, um, some of the activities that I do during the day and they kind of like mesh well in the shower. So, um, I like to be creative and diverse. And I feel like if you don't look at other industries and see what they're doing, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be really difficult for you to be creative within your own. So, uh, for instance, a while back, uh, last year I studied Disney. Um, Disney is obviously, you know, doing some really creative, interesting, fun things. But one of the things that I learned about Disney and their, uh, theme parks was they're not necessarily competing with other theme parks. They're competing more so with the mattress and pillow industry which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so, they, so they studied airports and uh, museums and you know those kind of places. But what they found was the more comfortable people were at home, the less likely they were to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. And that's what really spurred me. And I was like, oh, I need to be taking a look at other things to figure out, okay, if people are coming here to our cafes to, you know, uh, 
you know, remix those creative vibes, then what exactly can we do to support that? Yes, great coffee, great food, those sort of things. But what mm-hmm. else can we do in order to make that a little bit more of a, you know, workable space based off of the other things you got going on in your life? Totally. Uh, I, I was in um, Austin about two weeks ago and I, I went to a coffee shop. It wasn't, the coffee was mid. I, I wasn't impressed. However, the environment was really cool. It felt like work is to be done here. Like I wish mm-hmm. I brought my laptop with me. I was just going to get a cup. I was in one of those modes. I need yeah. something strong and a seltzer water with it. That'll be great. Thanks. And And seeing the people that were set up, it was like, yeah, the cafe side and then almost like glass doors that led to almost a library side. And mm. I was like, I like that setup. And it was like, oh, too. It felt like it was anachronistic. It felt like it was out of a different era, but it worked. It just sucked that maybe I got a bad drink, too. You know, I just didn't yep. get a drink that was on point. But and in fact, that is what it was, because the second coffee I got, I needed something with a little bit more. Umph. I was like, yo, just. Three shots and like a red eye would be great. Thanks. And that actually worked out. The the coffee was good. Um, But the environment is the thing that stuck out the most for me. And it just gave me this inclination of this is a library. This is a place to get things done. And perhaps in maybe modeling the places like work had been done there recently, maybe that was a consideration of what should this place look like? And going back to your example with Disney, I think if you're looking solely at comparable, you know, like potentially competitors, peers and so on, you're just going to kind of do the same thing. It's just going to be a different shade of it. But if you're looking at something that, no, this is a secondary or tertiary thing that a person is looking for at a place, that's where you're winning. Yeah, that's where the magic is for sure. Um, So so in this this next question, um, so this might be a hot take. Um, what's one thing entrepreneurs that most entrepreneurs should be doing, but aren't from, from your vantage point? Mm, Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I mean, I guess I can look at my own experience based off of when I started the company five years ago to now. Um, one of the things that I know I wasn't doing was understanding this concept, which it has some active components too. But understanding the concept that when you are starting your business, nobody is going to be a bigger cheerleader of your business than you. If you're not out there promoting a lot, um, nobody else is going to do that for you. I suppose if you hired somebody to do it, you know, there's that. But especially when you're first starting out, if you're not out there, you know, getting it every day, um, you're going to struggle. So mm-hmm. from, from my perspective, um, I know I wasn't fully aware yet of this idea that, you know, it's only going to grow as hard as you push. Yeah. And when it does grow, which is very fortunate in my situation that it did grow, uh, you are not your business and your business is not you. It's got a mind of its own and it's got a life cycle of its own. But I realized this concept. Uh, which kind of ties it all in together. If I ever want to take a vacation and not think about whether or not something's getting done and be able to have money when I get back, then that means the company has to be bigger than me. 
It's got to be bigger than what I can do. And the only way it's getting there is if I push and push and push for the business to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So that way I can take a step back and enjoy the success. Um, but that is very, very hard work. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think there, there is a degree of trust, too, when you start bringing in more people to, to, to work with and to partner with, to almost in a way, maybe this is, I told you, I do puns, being an evangelist in some way of, yeah. <laughs> of what, your, what your business is. So here, here's, here's an, uh, this is a little further down, but I think it, it is, it's prudent to say it now. Uh, could you share a telltale sign to determining someone's character and whether or not you should partner with them and work with them? Um, whether it is bringing someone on as a distributor, whether it's, you know, like doing an event with someone, how does that look? What kind of character traits do you look for in a person that, you know what, I'm going to attach what I do and what my brand is and what my business is with what their, their thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is a, a phenomenal question. I really like this one because it not only applies to vendors or distributors you work with, but also the staff that you hire, which is uh, who are you as a person? Like who forget what you can do? What like who are you? What are you about? What do you care about? Um and not just like what your organization cares about. I mean, there's a million different organizations out there. We can go to their website. They say they care about X, Y, or Z. That's awesome. But who are you? Are you an enjoyable person to be around? Or are you, you know, struggling? Are you going through something? Not to say that those are immediate like X factors, right? Like you, you're not going to cancel somebody out because they got some drama going on. We all have drama going on. But like, who are you and how, like, what is your dream? What is your goal? What do you think your purpose is? Um, for me, I worked back in 2014 on who is Josh? What am I about? What needs to happen in my life for me to say, okay, my life was a success based off of the way I defined it. And for me, I'm not very money motivated. Um, that's just not my jam money. If money happens, that's awesome. You know, I got some wonderful things I want to do with it. But for me, I realized what I really want is to build a platform for others to succeed. So, uh, yes, this company, Vagrant, is absolutely a platform. I've seen other people check off boxes of, you know, stuff that they wanted in their own life. But if uh, I'm interacting with somebody, I typically ask the question like, okay, like what sort of things do you care about? Like, what are your, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you enjoy doing? All those things make up who you are and how you run whatever it is that you're running, whether it's, you know, your own employment or your company that you work with. Um, Those are things that, you know, I really care about. Uh, Every now and then I run into people whose vibe just isn't mine. Like if you're out of the club every day, um, no shame in that game if that's how you want to live. And I have friends who do that. However, you know, doing business with somebody who maybe doesn't do things the way I do them, yeah. uh, that can get real tricky sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm a club promoter, yes, you absolutely want that <laughs> dude who's in the club every day. But when you're in coffee, especially first thing in the morning, you know, we got some early mornings, three, four, five o'clock in the morning that we start sometimes. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a partier at night, 
uh, that's going to be some rough hours in the morning when you got to do things. And so those kinds of questions really matter to me. Not that, you know, anything's bad. It's just like, okay, if we're going to work together, you need to know, like, sometimes we got to get up at 3 a.m. and drive to Philly for an event. And is like, how are you going to do when you're doing that? Um, You know, those kinds of things, those matter a lot to me. Yeah, it that that I think we're on the same kind of same mindset there, and you know if it's something that's really yours, a business, a brand, something like that, it's just like I'd rather not engage and try to push for it if it doesn't seem like it's going to work. And you know there have been times that it's been people that I've worked with for a long time, and I was like, you got a blessing release, you know, and. It's not a take on, hey, I think you suck or anything along those lines, but it's more so I don't know if you have the stamina for what I'm doing in, in right now. I don't know if it's a fit in this direction and, and not trying to be cold or business like with it because there, there there's two sides, I think. Business, I think, is personal. You know, if you're if your business deals with people, yeah. but also it has to be a respect for the fact that at the end of the day, the business almost is personified in some ways. It's like I need to make sure this thing is healthy. Yeah. And if you're taken away from it, then I got to cut that out or modify that in some way to keep the business healthy. Yeah. And I feel like that is often the case when people work with friends or family. Uh, because like we all have our faults and shortcomings for me, I know that I push, push, push real hard, which comes from my military background, you know, where, where I come from, it doesn't matter if you get shot, can you still run? And so not everybody behaves that way. Some people say like, oh, well, this is really difficult. I'm going to take a break. Whereas I just push and say, let's just push through the difficulty until it's done. Um, so that's a personality piece, but especially when you're working with friends or family, sometimes it's hard to have that real conversation because, you know, let's just be frank. Sometimes you need people to complete a task. This has to get done by this deadline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like if I'm working with my mom and I know that she's got a lot going on and she can't get to it, that's where it's hard. It's hard to have that conversation and say, like, actually, I need this and it needs to get done by this time and you're going to have to do it. That that can be tricky. It's a thing to turn off. I'm this I'm the son of a Marine. So there's there's one piece that's sitting there. And I'm like, why does it only really rub off on me? You know, like I have siblings and they're like, ah, and I'm like, yo, I need to do 15 podcasts this week, do the day job. I might sleep six hours a day. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Exactly. And, you exactly. know, that's just, but it's very task and goal oriented. And, you know, you see those goofy videos on, on, uh, on Instagram and such, like I made the deal with myself and I try to be, I try to hold myself accountable in that way. I said, I want to do these things this year. I want to do these these things this week. I want to do these things in this hour. I got to do them or I'm starting falling into this cycle where I'm not accomplishing things and that thing snowballs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned that money's not your jam. Again, same same vibe. Um, there have been a fair amount of opportunities that, hey, Rob, we have a really great opportunity for you. Look, this is a check we get off. I'm saying, I think I'm all set. So with that, I, I like to ask this question of businesses that have a community, community slant to it. What are some of your ways to, favorite ways to compensate people that's not money, obviously? Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a great, great point. Um, I will say 
that some people on my team are money motivated. Yeah. And for me, I am motivated by them, uh, you know, achieving their goal. So if they need money, looks like we're making money because they want money. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. Obviously, I make money when they make money. And so it's not like I don't make money. But at the same time, um, my favorite ways are, uh, I don't, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy, but let me just, let me just go for it. I like to, uh, surprise people with things, whether it's based off of good work or reading books and that, that kind of thing. I like to kind of think outside the box to be able to help people grow. So one of our, uh, one, one of our tenets in our mission statement is, um, it's really, really important to me. And I think that it's an aspect that is often missing, um, in a lot of different workplaces, but it's this idea of, um, character building experiences. I, I want you to grow both personally and professionally. And a lot of businesses, you know, it's cool if you grow personally, that, you know, as long as it benefits the business. So you grow professionally so that way the business can make more money. But they don't necessarily do anything to help you get there. So uh, my favorite thing that I did was we had a, we passed out a book to all of our staff, um, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. And I said, hey, I want everybody to read this book. It's absolutely phenomenal about this restaurateur who created this, you know, restaurant empire. It's really awesome. Uh, if you read it and you give me a reason why, I will take you to New York so you can go to Danny Meyer's coffee shop. And it was super exciting uh, for me. Uh, because I thought, man, this is going to be great, and people are going to want to read this book, and they're going to want to see it. That's not exactly how it happened, and that was a a learning thing for me, where I was like, oh, well, I I see this as a really exciting opportunity to grow yourself personally and professionally. However, it's it's a weird vibe sometimes of trying to figure out, like, well, what is it that you want? Uh, you know, I, I've done quite a few different things. I've given out books and, you know, other swag and that sort of stuff. Um, but it's really interesting how, you know, you got to kind of feel out your people and see like, well, what exactly are they into? So um, I did some research. You know that uh, that Monopoly game at Safeway that they do? Um, and, you know, McDonald's did it a while back. They probably still do. I don't know. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it there. But um I, I looked up that company that does that and I thought, oh, I bet they did the research on figuring out what exactly it is that people want. And it's far and away money. You know, that's that that's the number one prize. But they also do other things like um, groceries or, you know, gas gift cards and those kinds of things. And I think like there's a certain aspect of, yes, you can buy those things with money, but there's the other aspect of when you care enough to actually say, Hey, I'm going to buy your next meal. Sometimes that lands a bit better. So, um, I've taken some staff out to play games. I've taken staff to, uh, um, you know, baseball games and other things like it, all those things kind of play into it, but it's really a matter of figuring out like, 
who who are you and what exactly is it that you like? Because we got to cater this a bit in order for it to land where you want it to land. And that's why it's important that you were touching on earlier of like determining what someone's character is, yep. getting the idea like, hey, what makes you tick? And, you know, I'm very oriented around the experience thing. Like I I understand the value of money and all of that stuff. I don't care about it as much. So I'm more about the experience. And if this gives me a really cool experience and I'm able to do some stuff with it, we'll sort out the bills later. You know, we'll yep. figure those other things out later. And, you know, while being set fiscally and kind of knowing things, but the the experience of what leads first. And I think that people look for convenience too. Like if someone's going to handle everything, that's a, that's an alluring trait, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, you're taking me out to dinner. Great. I don't have to pick the place. Great. Yeah. I mean, are you getting my Uber there? Do you drive me? What are we doing? You know, how can I make this as convenient as possible? Yeah, yeah. So, the last question I have are real questions. Before I get to those rapid fire questions, then no one escapes. No one escapes them. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. What would you say? Um, and you can make this specific to coffee, um, but what would you say is the most interesting trait about the food and bev culture in Baltimore? Yeah, I think a couple things. Like, obviously, I am paying attention to the food and beverage culture in Baltimore a lot. Um, and I think what is interesting about it is there, there's a shift that's happening. Um, and I don't mind the shift. Um, I think that paying attention to all these things really matters. Like, for instance, uh, at the beginning of COVID, a bunch of Starbucks shut down. Recently, some Starbucks have popped up. And sometimes I get this question of like, oh, uh, aren't you upset that Starbucks is putting up all these stores? And in reality, no, I'm not upset that Starbucks is putting up stores. Were it not for Starbucks, these other coffee shops couldn't exist. Mm-hmm. I got my start in Starbucks. I know, you know, a thousand people who started drinking coffee because of Starbucks. And then they grew And now they're drinking coffee from other places as well because they understand coffee a bit differently. And I think the same thing is kind of happening in the food culture in Baltimore, uh, just in general. We got new places popping up and people are trying things for the first time and collaborations are happening. Uh, Yeah, you have some, you know, major, major players down in Fells that are, you know, killing the game with, you know, lots and lots of people at night. However, I think it's also interesting to see other things popping up. Like, for instance, um, I was a big fan of Clavel when they first opened up. Um, I was there, I think, the first week that they were open. And I was like, man, this food is delicious. This place is going to blow up. Yeah. And look at them now. And, like, I think that sort of thing is just really, really cool about the city. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, when you're doing something really well, and people gravitate towards it, it'll, it'll grow. Um, for us, that's been really, really interesting because yes, we're, we got our brick and mortars, especially, you know, the two here in Baltimore, we used to have three, but we shut one down. Um, but we do a lot of these outside of the cafe events and that grew phenomenally. I, I never in a million years imagined that it was going to grow like it did, but the way that it grew, that was really special was specifically in schools. Uh, We do a lot of school appreciation events where businesses and people and organizations sponsor schools and we get into schools that way. And that's when it that's when all the things converge together, because people say like, oh, I live in this neighborhood. I like to go to that coffee shop. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm super familiar with that coffee shop. And then we talk about it. And then the community kind of grows together of like, oh, I should try this place or that place and that sort of thing. Um, and that all that can happen without creating too much difficulty for any other business. Yeah. Um, so when we're in a school, we don't necessarily prevent people from buying their coffee beforehand. That's not our jam. Uh, we do it because, you know, chances are an individual or organization or administrator wants to do something nice for the school. Um, but at the same time, we're able to chat about things like, you know, not just, you know, food and beverage places in their neighborhood, but also, you know, people's interests and their dreams and hopes and goals. And next thing you know, you see them in the cafe and it's like, hey, like, welcome. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so it. It works out. It works out in lots of different, lots of different shapes. Love to hear that, and and thank you for sharing it. That's um, that's really cool. So, with all of the uh, the goodwill that we've established here, and talking coffee and business, and <laughs> now it's time to now it's time to get to some rapid fire stuff. I got a I got a group of them for you, um, and just you know as quickly as you can answer. You know that's what we're aiming for here. I'm going to ask you the most ridiculous one first because I think it's funny. All right, let's do it. If coffee was an illegal substance, what would its street name be? Bean water. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. Crunchy or creamy? Oh, boy. It depends on what we're talking about. Creamy. We're talking peanut butter. Okay. Okay. What's the best country you visited? Oh, boy. Uh, Northern Ireland. Okay. What is something you've always dreamed of doing but haven't done yet? Hot air balloon ride over India. That's very specific. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you take your coffee? Black. Okay. Put the fist up right there. Uh-huh. Uh, and lastly, I, just, I changed this because I don't want to bug a whole audience of people. What is your favorite latte art kind of thing? I don't, I don't know what those things are called. Like when you draw in the latte and then that, the, the heart. What's your favorite thing to do? Because I've seen some people do inappropriate things in lattes, which, <laughs> you know, that might have been in a movie. Who knows? But you, you tell me, what's your favorite thing to do with latte art? Okay. Well, it depends. And this is, I know it's a bit longer of an answer, but let's just go with it. Um, if I'm at an event, say a wedding or a party, and the guests want to see consistently good latte art, now is not the time to get creative. And so for those, I go a, uh, a usually a tulip. Um, so I start like a rosetta, and then I add a couple layers, and then I finish off. Now, that being said, if I'm in a competition, chances are that tulip's not going to cut it, and I need to go for the crowd pleaser, which I think is a nice full Rosetta. Okay. I love it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. All right. I mean, maybe maybe my, my podcast logo, maybe we can get there, bring you back out of the refrain. It's like, look, we need this logo, proper <laughs> colors, everything. You know, use some, uh, what is it, spirulina to get that blue in there. Um, <laughs> That'll take me a minute, but it's possible. It is completely possible. Well, look, I, I demand perfection, if anything. Um, nice. So with that being said, I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. This has been a treat. And um, secondly, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, um, check, check out Vagrant, all the good stuff. Yeah. So 
Um, you can find us online, uh, vagrantcoffee.com. That's a good place to start. You can buy beans online and you can find our location. So you know, here in Baltimore, we've got a location 10 East Landvale Street. That's in Station North. Um, it is an absolutely sunny and beautiful space uh, full of plants. And, and I love it. Uh, we also have a location in uh, Fed Hill, 209 Key Highway. Uh, that is a place that, especially on the weekends, is slammed by tourists, uh, which is super, super exciting and fun to see and welcome people to the city, sometimes for the first time, um, and uh, give them a little introduction and taste to our city. If you find yourself in Philly, we got a location at 4435 Baltimore Ave in between UPenn and Drexel. Um, it is uh, a wonderful community spot. We got people from the community in there all the time. Every now and then we like to have events and that sort of stuff in the space as well. Um, and then last but not least, if you happen to work for Salesforce down in D.C., uh, you can find us in your office. We've got a barista there full time. Uh, it is free if you can get in uh, and it's a good time. We, we got a good thing going there. Other than that, Book us for any event, anywhere where people gather. We do events, so you name it, weddings, musicians, backstage, uh, parties. You name it, we've been there. We've gone from California to New York to Carolinas, all over the place. So you can find us just about anywhere. I love to hear it, and I love that the uh, Philadelphia location is on Baltimore. That's, that's, that's great. I dig it. I mean, come to the, uh, you know, the Lando one. You might see your boy Rob Lee in there enjoying a cup. Uh, you know, see Josh in the uh, Vagrant Mobile. I've seen pictures. It's pretty great, actually. <laughs> it's pretty dope. Not going to lie. <laughs> so, so there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank Josh Dew for coming on to the podcast, Vagrant Coffee, Vagrant Coffee, Vagrant Coffee. Um, and I'm Rob Lee saying that there's coffee in community in and around Baltimore and your city. You just got to look for it. <laughs>